Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Salt and Burn This, a Supernatural Rewatch podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Valerie. Hello. Hello. Okay, so before we get into the second episode rewatch, there is just one minor thing that I wanted to retouch on from the first one. Well, you didn't tell me we were going back. I know. Well, I didn't know until I was editing it just, what, 20 minutes before we hopped on here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not anything like from the episode really do i need to study my notes again no 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 it was just remember when we were like what the hell is emf and evp and all that <laughs> yes so i i did actually look it up and just so we know and just so i can correct myself because yes. i was wrong emf is electromagnetic field not frequency okay. which is what i said and evp is electronic voice phenomenon ah Right. All right, so we were, if you mushed them all together, we were right about we were, one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to get that out of the way. Okay, no, 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 that's great. Do a little correction, you know. That's great. So unrelated, mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean to jump like way ahead in the series mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. stuff, but remember my, I told you my one personal ghost story where I heard like my name being called? Yes. Well, I just watched an episode in season 15 where literally a woman is walking down the alley and a voice says, Valerie. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Yeah. She's totally grabbed by a ghost calling her name and the woman's name is Valerie. Oh my God. So I was like, what? Ah. Did you get oh. chills up and down your spine? Yes. A little oh. bit. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I could blame it on Google listening in on our phone calls, but that's not what it was at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> and just for reference for any listeners, Valerie has not yet finished the series. Um, oh, please don't. Yes. <laughs> I have, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying I have, I have finished the series. I watched it live when it was on. Um, she's still catching up. What episode are you on right now? Uh, I think 18. So oh, I only have close. 19, 20 to go. Oh my so. God. You're so close. I am so close, but it's so, uh, well, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's listening into the podcast from the beginning. Um, it's great. I mean, it's absolutely great. And it's, it's an emotional roller coaster, um, as, as almost every season is. Uh -huh. Um, but yes, I, I, ah, well, I can't wait until you finish it so we can talk about it offline, of, okay. like off off the podcast. We don't want to jump too far ahead. No, 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 no. no maybe, I maybe we jump ahead. I just, I just had to say that. I just had to say I can't believe yeah. that I told you the story about a ghost or something calling my name, EVB. Oh, oh my god, that's um, so crazy! And then the next thing I watch is an episode where a woman named Valerie on the show gets her name called out by by a, a ghost. ghost. Oh my god, too funny yes. and creepy. All right. So with all that being said, let's get into the episode Wendigo. two rewatch. Wendigo. Okay. So season one, episode, episode two, Wendigo. Sam and Dean follow the coordinates in their father's journal and land in Colorado, where they investigate the disappearance of several campers. This episode was directed again by David Nutter and written by Eric Kripke, along with Ron Milbauer and Terry Hughes Burton. Um, I have to say the one of the things I love about the show is they do recaps. 
Yes. The, instead of like a long title sequence where you could see the stars of the show's name on, you know, credits mm-hmm. and stuff like that, they do a recap of what's happened so far. And yeah. granted, only one episode has happened <laughs> so far, but they did a recap. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy the recaps, especially when it I've been away from the show for a while and can't quite remember what was going on. But yes. It's it's nice and it because it pulls you back in. It pulls mm-hmm. you back into their stories. Um, and it also gives you little uh, Easter eggs about what the episode is going to be touching on. Yes. Um, like, especially as it gets further into the seasons, mm-hmm. there's so many things that, you know, affects their lives that, you know, they have to pull out what they're going <laughs> to, what previous storylines are going to be um, tapped into again. Right. So they'll pull one from like season three when we're just about to watch an episode in season seven. You know? mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah Absolutely. i like that too yeah they do a little, a little callback and so it's it just a little refresher and i love that about this show mm-hmm. i love that about this show okay so before we get into it though um i do have a little map quest moment uh-huh. uh a brief one um they're headed to blackwater ridge colorado but when they're talking about like where it is or like where they are I can't quite remember what it is, but Grand Junction, Colorado comes up. Um, And I have several friends who lived there at one point. I think a couple still do. And I've been there a few times. It's a quaint little town. I really like it. Very kind of like an artistic pocket. Yes. (laughs) It's like very small. Yes. I've driven through a couple of times on some of my cross-country jaunts. Um, I don't think I've ever stopped, but I've seen the signs. Yes. Um, So... um, Although what's what's interesting is since we're talking about geography, you know, in in um, John Winchester's journal, it does talk about the coordinates thirty five minus one 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 as the coordinates of where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually not Colorado. <laughs> uh, it's it's Arizona. Oh my god! <laughs> yep, I, I nerded out. I looked it up. No, um, good for you. I did not do that. I, I absolutely because they make such a point of it. I mean, they don't just yeah. mention it; it's written in his journal, and they show you the journal. You can see the numbers. They uh-huh. talk about it. Um, but yeah, thirty-five minus one 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 is in Arizona, and it's near the Meteor Crater. I don't know if you're familiar with. Uh, oh, vaguely. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, one huge meteor strike uh, in Arizona, and it's this giant crater. Um, which I have been to, um, but yeah, so not Colorado, just, just FYI. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Total plot point, And they couldn't even, <laughs> they couldn't even look at a map. And <laughs> oh, oh, I love dear. it. Maybe love they it. needed so, map quest. Yeah. Yeah. Then. So sorry for the little, little nerd out thing <laughs> on my part. No, I love that. Um, Oh, yeah. But, but speaking of nerding out, I could not nerd out as hard with this one because there was no commentary available. As far <gasps> as I know, not on the DVD anyway. Oh, the first no. season, there's only like one other one. So I'm just going to have to go with my own two eyes, which are, you know, unreliable at best. <laughs> it's okay. I couldn't find any outtakes either. So okay. um, I, I think they were still being very serious about yeah. uh, shooting and a shooting schedule and, yes. you know, being professionals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so on our end, this might be a short episode because I also yeah. didn't write too much in, in these notes. <laughs> but right off the start, we see these kids uh, camping somewhere yes. in the dark, you know, playing video games and blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of them, I noticed another, like one of these one off actors, uh, is the one in the bandana. Yes. 
Um, he is the late Corey Monteith, who which was on Glee, um, and I really loved that show at the time. I was uh, really into that show, but he was the one who, you know, sadly the first one that passed of um, of a drug addiction. Oh, oh um, yeah, was, I thought he looked familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, well, so. I don't think you really watched Glee, but anyway, um, that was interesting to see him be like, oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. he was that's the only other thing that I've seen <laughs> Corey Monteith in personally, not saying that that's all I did. That's yeah. all you've seen. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny you talk about the guys camping and it is. It's three guys in a tent, you know, and they're they're quote roughing it, you know, but they have their video games yeah. and their satellite phones and stuff. And uh one guy um someone always has to something always tragic has to happen in, in these episodes, right? So the one guy decides he needs to take a, we'll call it a bio break. Uh, has <laughs> to step outside the tent. Yes, take a leak. <laughs> step outside the tent to take a leak, which is, of course, you know, don't don't ever go outside, you know. <laughs> but here's what gets me. He goes outside, and he doesn't go more than 10 feet away from the tent before he decides to pee against a tree. He doesn't go into the woods, you know. And I'm like, it's such a guy thing to do. It it's is like, not even yeah. leave your own encampment and just... Pee take and, a few steps and pee somewhere. Yeah. I was like, God, man, men, men in camping, you know, I, that's, <laughs> I that's would say that's, that, that would be the joy of having external plumbing. Plumbing. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it was just one of those. I just looked at that. And I was like, oh, boys are gross. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, that is one of my pet peeves in life is, is that guys can just pee wherever they want. It is mm-hmm. a pet peeve of mine. See, I'm I mean, jealous of that. Bravo. Oh. <laughs> Maybe, maybe deep down I am jealous, but <laughs> doesn't mean I don't, uh, I don't applaud them when they do mm-hmm. it, you know? <laughs> but I just thought that was funny. I was like, typical. <laughs> well, you know, thankfully for you, he gets his comeuppance, I guess, for peeing just a few steps away from the tent. He gets tackled Indeed. by a mysterious something or other. I did have a true jump out moment though. So boy number one who's peeing against the tree gets grabbed by something mm-hmm. we don't know what, you know, mm-hmm. or the scream. You hear the scream from it, you know, inside the tent, you hear the scream from outside. And, you know, so body number one gets taken. Uh, and then there's there's uh, all sorts of, you know, clawing and groaning and, you know, tents ripping and bodies being flung. Yeah. Like that one guy gets grabbed, like, and pulled straight mm-hmm. through the tent. Yeah. Very, very big. But um, did you have anything else to say about that scene? Because I was going to jump real quick to my jump out moment. No, I had a comment that was like, what book is that? Because that one guy looks like he's reading like a really heavy duty book. And I never did find out what it was. Like I wrote what I could see, which was Joseph Campbell, the hero. And then that's it. And I had meant to go look it up later. And I just now (laughs) remembered it. (laughs) But no, that's it. That's all I have for the... um, Maybe it was just a, a contrast to the boys playing video games and he's sitting there reading some sort of thick, heady book, you know, right. being, you know, being Ooh, a but Maybe, maybe I do have a note about this jump out moment, but go ahead. Oh, so genuine jump out moment um, is uh, Sam is at Jess's grave and he's, you know, saying, sorry, I wish I could have saved you. And he goes to lay flowers down on the grave and much to my chagrin, a hand bursts out of the grave and grabs him. And I literally said, blah. 
Yes, I have a note that says word for word, holy shit, that hand legit scared me. Yes, it, I mean, <laughs> legitimately, I was like, God, it got me. Yeah, I didn't it remember it. It was something that totally escaped my memory from the first time watching it. Yep, totally hokey. When you go back and watch it again, you're like, ah, but if you're not yeah. expecting it, it yeah. totally worked. Totally yep. gets you. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out it was just a dream. Um, but still, that was a, that was an aha moment that after it happened, I kind of laughed at myself for genuinely having jumped. Yeah. Oh. I also noticed, and this is maybe inappropriate to mention, but Jessica has the exact same middle name that I do. <laughs> Why would is, that be inappropriate? I don't know. I just noticed it. It was Lee spelled L-E-E. Oh my gosh. And I remember a, a colleague of ours who made fun of me for that middle name because he was just like, mm, I think you were meant to be a boy. It's just, oh. He had it in his head that Lee, for some reason, was a masculine spelling. Huh. I was like, I know several people, gen- you know, gender inclusive <laughs> who have that middle name. That's really funny. Wow, this show is all about you. Your name is Sam. Yes. Your middle name is Lee. Mm-hmm. You know Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. You, don't, you don't drive an Impala, do you? No. No, all right. I've never really cared about cars either. I have to say what's funny about that car and as much driving as they do end up doing, guarantee you that car doesn't have cruise control. You ever driven a car without cruise control? Yeah, I barely ever use the cruise control in the cars that I do have. Even like for your long, like your long distance driving and stuff? Sometimes. It depends on if there's like nobody on the, on the highway. Mm Mm-hmm then yeah, I'll use it. But I honestly, I really remember that I have it. But then again, I haven't taken a really long road trip in several years. Gotcha. And, you know, driving through New York or even like Jersey and Pennsylvania, it's not really a good idea, I think, to put (laughs) cruise control. You don't really have the opportunity to go to cruise anywhere, let alone control your cruising. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I I get it. It's just, uh, it's on long, on long trips. uh, Mm -hmm. It's, that's like one of the, uh, not benefits, it's a a luxury. Yes, it's a luxury to be able to get out of your car and walk and not be lame because you've been stomping your foot to the to the pedal. I don't, my next note says Sam is being the student and doing research. And I can't quite, I mean, he must have been in the car or something or in a in the newspapers like looking up like these missing campers and stuff like that. I honestly, you know, there were moments of time in this episode where I wasn't taking notes. I was just watching it. Yeah. Even though I knew just like I should be taking notes, but I didn't really have anything to take a note <laughs> about. <laughs> right. Right. There was um I think what happens is they end up they drive to um Colorado. And uh, they they get to the location. You get to what is it? Blackwater, Black uh-huh. uh, Blackwater Ridge. Yeah, they get there, and there's um like a a lodge, a um a ranger's lodge, and so they're there, and they're reading um they're reading up on oh that's air right. attacks and things like that. It's funny because I made a note. Uh, I said, uh, oh, Dean says, hey, check out the size of this bear because there's like a giant taxidermy bear mm-hmm. inside the. Um, oh wait, no, it's a picture. It's a it picture a of a photo. guy with, yeah, a, with yeah. a big bear. He's like, check out the size of this bear. But rather than listen to Sam, who is like imparting all these really important details about <laughs> the local area and the folklore and all this stuff, he's like, look at this bear. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so much like my brother. 
um, <laughs> also very much like my nephews. You know, it's it's one of those, you know, during a safety inspection or during the safety lecture, they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And they're not looking, they're not paying attention. Look at this bear. Yeah. You know, where do these tracks go? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I just, I, yeah, so much like my brother, which is not paying attention to the important details being being spoken. <laughs> I also, uh, they pull out, um, when they go to talk to the the main ranger, they pull out two, um, their second set of fake IDs, uh-huh. uh, which is they're now rangers. So they've gone from being FBI agents or marshals. Were they marshals in the first yeah, episode? They were marshals, yeah marshals to now they're now they're rangers mm-hmm. i was like their second fake id and right. it starts <laughs> yeah we should track that we should track like how many times you know how many fake how many ids or pers- ID? personas that they have absolutely that would be a fun thing to track absolutely. i mean maybe maybe only useful in the first few seasons or so because they do reuse a lot of them. Yeah, then they just kind of become FBI yeah. all the time. <laughs> it's, it's just funny now because they're so young, you know, that when they have these IDs, that they're clearly too young to be those personalities. Later in the seasons, you're like, oh, it's not that much of a stretch anymore until they start using the the rock and roll names. and. <laughs> yeah, and then I have another note that says Horn Dog Dean. I assume when he meets the chick of the brother who's missing. Uh, yes. Another thing to track is like, Jesus, how many women is he going to chase? It's amazing. It's, uh, well, I think I talk about, I, I do go back and I mentioned this later, that the fact that for, for somebody who is so good looking, you know, and so dashing, I think his overall douchebagness keeps him from being like uh, a boyfriend. Yeah. Well, he, does, you know, he also for- doesn't have a desire to be well, a boyfriend, you know? Right. But and but luckily, none of the girls, the girls have enough self-respect to not also like clamor after him, you know, yeah, they this, realize one, this one kind of did. But I, I feel like in the future, that doesn't hold true <laughs> <laughs> if my memory serves me correctly. But I don't know. We'll see. OK, I also wanted to point out and this is like way skipping ahead there. You've already spoken to the 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 girl and the other little brother. And then they find out, oh, it's their brother that's been missing, and he's always on top of communication, so she knows that something's wrong, and they're going to go look out, look for them the next day. Mm-hmm. But then Sam and Dean have gone to, find, uh, to look for the guy who did survive one of these escapes, or one of these attacks. I'm sorry. Yes, but- yes, yes, yes. They they found somebody who, uh, who, who his parents were killed, but he yes. survived one but of these. He survived. Attacks. Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to that scar because I thought that it was done really well. Like the scar that was oh, like the, on his shoulder. Claw mark. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So shout out to the makeup artist for that. I really yes. thought that Good. was well done. Yeah. Well, I was going to do a little shout out to the, uh, the set dresses, mm-hmm. the set dresses, the set dressers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because when the, when Sam and Dean go to this guy's house, I don't know if it's an apartment or a cabin. It was it, to me, it looked like a cabin at first. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's this guy who's been traumatized as a young kid and he obviously hasn't succeeded in life. He's kind of a hermit. Um, and so his cabin's like all dark and dingy, 
but um, over the door, over his front door is a horseshoe, except the horseshoe is upside down, which is, which is not good luck. You know, horseshoes are for good luck, but you have to have a horseshoe with the U facing up. So the yeah, luck the stays inside. Up. Yeah, the points shoot up so that the luck stays in. If the, if the horseshoe points down, all the luck runs out. So this poor bastard thought enough to, you know, hang a horseshoe over his front door for good <laughs> luck, but it, he actually hung it in the bad luck yeah. uh, position, which I would just wanted to shout out to the set dressers because that's... It it made me just think this this guy has nothing's going to be redeemed for him, you know yeah, his yeah. his life is just not going to go. It's not going to turn around even with Sam and Dean in it. Yeah, that was a good catch on your part. Why? Thank you. I do have an eye spy eye sometimes. Yeah, I didn't know that about the horseshoe until you said something, and then I looked it up just to see, like you know, is that that way everywhere? Like every culture or whatever that you know, does the horseshoe for good luck. And yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much it was overwhelming. No, it's got to be a U shape instead of a... An upside down U. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it's funny because it goes against how you would actually hang something, you yeah. know, because you can just hang it on the hook. So Sam and Dean are still looking for their dad, but because they stumble upon this mystery, they decide to head out uh, under the guise of looking for um, this chick's brother mm-hmm. and hoping that they find their dad along the way right and then i have a note that they must have done like a cross shot over to the kids in the cave you know like a that's that's got to be a name too it's something that we know the audience knows that they don't know that the characters don't know mm -hmm. that's a term that i need to look up okay for next time (laughs) we see that that there are still some boys alive yeah, at least two at this point until you hear those ugh, those awful sounds that I absolutely hate, like the squishing and the bone the crunching, bone crunching and the flesh ripping. And yes. then he's screaming and then the screaming stops. But then those noises keep continuing. I do not like those sounds. And it's not a scary thing. It's more like a EBGB, like, ooh, yeah, it uh, makes yeah. my skin crawl. It's very visceral. Yeah. It's like if you were there, you would have gotten something on you, you know? Ugh. Yeah. So anyway, that's happening. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the boys gets torn to shreds. Yes. So it looks like there's only one one boy left, and it would be the, the brother. But he had to witness that, which is pretty mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. So then there's a lot of walking in the woods, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking for, for clues and for signs. and. Oh, I do have a... A note here a gross dean moment and i think it's when he's talking to the girl and he says something to the effect of oh i usually don't i'm usually not honest with girls yeah. you know something that typical douchebag guy line is mm-hmm. and you know what she kind of falls for it yep a yep. little bit so yep you are right you there was a touch she was just like well maybe i was wrong about you or something like that i don't know yeah, like, word for word anymore but i do remember i wrote it down i was just like gross dean moment and gross quote unquote typical girl moment yeah because she wants to believe him that he's being honest with her because of her yes because she's special she's special i, I do think it's funny that she points out that as they're hiking he's wearing biker boots and jeans and yes, not yes. <laughs> didn't bring any provisions and then he pulls out this giant bag of m&ms gigantic bag <laughs> of, of m&ms 
But you know what? In my book, that is provision enough because mm-hmm. you know what? They're M&Ms, not just regular M&Ms. He's got yes, the that has often been a provision in our rehearsal time. Oh my Peanut God. Peanut M&Ms. <laughs> Gotten us through many a session. So as they're tromping through the woods, they they come across the the destroyed campsite, the boys mm-hmm. campsite. And I have to say, I was a little disappointed in how the campsite was portrayed mm-hmm. <laughs> and take away my, my previous thumbs up for the set decks because, um, and it may not have been their fault. It could have just been, I felt like they kept using the same camera shot over and over yes. again. Yes. I have the tent camera shots are not great. Yeah. They were like repetitive. Yeah. They kept saying, showing the same like scratch marks in the tent, uh-huh. like the same bloody scratch marks, that same overturned chair. Um, and it wasn't like scary and it wasn't, um, as it horrific. Shaky. Yeah. It looked homemade almost and not yeah. in a good way. It was a standout camera moment and, and not a good standout. It definitely right. caught my eye and like, a, Ooh, this doesn't really fit in with, with the rest, yeah, of... the rest of the texture of, mm-hmm. of the Yeah. And I wonder if it was just like a bad studio shot, like bad indoor studio lighting. Yeah. It could you have know, been the, Maybe an, like an after shot you know, after they had already filmed it, that could be a possibility. And they yeah. probably didn't have like the biggest budget at the time. So probably it's not forgivable. It absolutely, but it's, it's funny that you and I both noticed it, but uh-huh. I was like, kind of, kind of bad. And I'm not even like a camera person. Like I usually don't notice things like that. So for a lay person like me and maybe you, I don't know, you, you catch camera things more often than I do, but, but for a lay person like me to catch it, it was, it's enough. Yeah. yeah it's enough. It was enough that you're like, mm-hmm. took you right out, mm-hmm. took you right out of the moment. So they find the the camp, it's all torn up. And, uh, and while they're in there scratching their heads and looking for clues, they hear um, a, a boy's voice crying out for help. So they go running off in the direction of this voice only to have the voice stop. Uh, and they realize that was probably a trick. Yes. So Sam, Sam was the one who caught on. He was just like, Oh shit, everybody, we got to go back. They do and all their stuff is missing. Yep. So I I I made I made a note that this was a moment where Sam takes the lead. He mm. steps in and uh and takes the lead not necessarily as in out front walking on the trails, but he figure he starts to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like what it is, it's not a bear, it's not a a skinwalker, it's not a, you know, a spirit that they thought um but they still don't know exactly what it is, but it's Sam who is figuring this out. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Sam steps up, takes the lead. And Dean even points it out, which I thought was a big moment mm-hmm. um, that Dean points it out that, that Sam is figuring um, the details out. And it's like, let's check dad's journal. Let's see what he had to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have here at 22 minutes, 49 seconds ish is the first mention of the Wendigo which I'll get to in a second. Um, But also the first time that they actually use dad's journal, except for like the coordinates that he put in there, but like to actually use it as like a reference point or like Mm -hmm. a study guide or, Mm -hmm. you know, as their research material. This is the first time that they actually use it. We have an upcoming uh, catchphrase. Oh, I know. It's so exciting. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about the Wendigo a little bit because- okay. I did some research Yay! on if a Wendigo was an actual thing, and if so, what was it, and did they twist it at all? Um, so it was, they were kind of right. 
and I I didn't do in-depth research, although I did kind of go into a rabbit hole because it was so interesting. But they mention, you know, like Wendigo is a, a Cree Indian word and it's, um, what do they say, like a man who resorted to cannibalism Ooh. to survive and in turn became this thing called a Wendigo. That is... Um, more or less on point, actually. But this this legend, this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's mostly contained up in Canada and in like Minnesota. So kind of like north, like wintry kind of areas. So that, that was kind of contained within those tribes, like up in that uh, regional area. Oh, it's interesting that it spread to more than just one. Like it wasn't just one. Yeah. One grouping. It was one group. Mm hmm. But wow. but it is interesting. But he did. Dean did say like, "Oh, I've never seen one this far east before, in Colorado." So that right. was nice that they made a point like, "Oh, you know, they didn't just pull it from, from right. somewhere and put it in Colorado. They made a mention right. of like, oh, 'Oh, I've never seen one this.'" Far. And one of the reasons why they didn't think it was a Wendigo to begin with is because of they were in Colorado and Wendigos didn't fall that uh, fall in that location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, there were uh, legends that the Wendigos had powers and skills, like near-perfect hunter, very, very stealthy. They could control the weather, um, and they know every single inch of their own territory. Did it say anything about the um, voice being able to th like mimic the voice mm -mm. mimicking. Mm -mm. Oh, so that I was that was a that was a TV. I think that was a supernatural thing. Okay. Um, there was also, I guess, a condition, like a something that they called a Wendigo condition, like a psychosis almost, where you know, in times of you know maybe starvation or severe weather, like severe cold weather, actual people can kind of develop this m madness for a very loose term that then they just start craving human flesh and then they have such a fear that they're going to become a Wendigo or a cannibal that, you know, and this was back way, 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 way back then, you know, like in the 1600s and even the 1800s, there were a couple reports of people Wendigo actually, yeah, Wendigoism. Oh. And really the only solution at the time was to put them to death. You know, Oh my gosh. Did, yeah. They felt like there was no hope for them. So it's kind of like, you know, if a, a bear gets a taste of human, <laughs> human flesh they have to mm -hmm. put the bear down yeah now i want to sidebar to something else because dean in the camp he encircles it in something that he calls anasazi simples yeah uh, the anasazi people were um back in like the 1500 bc in new mexico so they're like Southwest tribe, you know, their descendants are like the Hopi, the Pueblo, oh. you know, things of that nature. And the only thing that kind of connects cannibalism with them is at some point they just became so paranoid amongst themselves. Again, I am completely, what's the word? Just, there was a lot of reading on this. I'm like okay. compartmentalizing some of this. <laughs> There's a lot of paranoia in the leadership. And so sometimes they would take social outcasts and execute them and even cannibalize them. Right. Well, I, I know that there was some uh, societies that would, if they cannibalized their enemies, it was because they would then, uh, they felt that they were taking the enemy's power mm -hmm. by eating them mm -hmm. so that they gained more strength by eating their enemies. Right. I don't know um, if that was the case with this, but when I was reading this, I was kind of like, why would the Anasazi symbols do anything with this Wendigo 
if it was, you know, originally from way up north and right. westish. And then I found, I stumbled on this thesis that someone kind of wrote about this exact same thing. So hold on, I'm going to pull it up just so I can credit okay. them. It's from Eastern Michigan University. Uh, it's titled Cannibalism in Contact Narratives and the Evolution of the Wendigo. By oh my Mich gosh! I know, by Michelle Leitz. And she even mentioned uh, in her papers, it's like, the connection between Anasazi symbols and the Wendigo is unclear and never really explained later on. You know, so, and she was kind of saying, so this just kind of says, you know, people appropriate native culture from whatever fits absolutely. their own narrative. Yep. So this was absolutely a moment of that. Love that. Sorry, to, that was a long sidebar. No. But this really that's, was kind of fascinating. No, that's because my question was, where did he come up with those symbols, those sigils, yeah. you know? And why did he think that it would work? Right. It, it was so. just... In, in the writer's research, we're just like, oh, cannibals. Maybe we'll just, I don't even think those symbols are an actual thing. I shouldn't say that they could be. They could be actual symbols, but they were definitely not used for this kind of purpose. Right. It was just an association of how do we physicalize a protection. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. With um, two tribes that never really, I don't think, had any interaction at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. Wow. But interesting, though, that that there was even the cannibalism as a narrative. That's that still fascinates me yeah. that I didn't know about that. So yeah. thank you, Sammy, for your research. Oh, you're welcome. But yes, now we're going to come back to the catchphrase. Catchphrase. You can do it. It's Yay. all you. 26 minutes, 17 seconds. Saving people, hunting things, the family business. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. So side note. Mm hmm. You, we were working together on a show. Um, I want to say we were at Wolf Trap and uh, maybe, maybe it was at USC. Doesn't matter. Sorry. Mm. Um, but you were wearing a supernatural shirt. Yes. And uh, you're like, you know, it's, don't you recognize the shirt? And I was looking at it and looking at it. And I was like, I, I mean, I recognize the, the symbol, you know, yeah. the, um, the anti-possession uh -huh. symbol on it, but at that time, the saving people, hunting things, the family business wasn't a catchphrase I knew yeah. yet. Yeah. And so I just remember it was like an aha moment for me that I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like, this is something I can, I can hold on to. Sammy's wearing the shirt. I can, I can. And it just, it was, it just made me want to tune in more and watch more of the show. And I, yeah. but I do remember that moment. You're like, no, it's a supernatural shirt. Duh. You know, like, yeah. duh, Valerie. <laughs> Yeah, but the, you were like that was the first um merch shirt <laughs> you know that I saw but also it was it was an aha moment for me of this is a cool chick. That, <laughs> and that Sammy's all right. Thank you hot topic. Which is where that shirt came from. <laughs> <laughs> the hot topical. But no you're right. I think that didn't quite become a catchphrase until later for some reason it wasn't until later that people really latched on to it and then the show latched on to it and we're making fun of it because at one point Crowley says it many many seasons later poking yeah. fun at them so yeah but here's where it first appears yeah it's because I think the show you know diverted from being only a monster chasing show to um a relationship show a family yeah. relationship right. show and so giving them, you know, embracing the family business. It wasn't just about hunting. It was about family. Mm -hmm. They also say it quite a bit. And I think 
you know what, now that I'm saying this, I think this is how and why it became a catchphrase because they started using it in the recaps a lot, like this exact line. Ah, to, to start establishing. I think so. A relationship. And, I, and I think that then people were just like, there yeah. it is. Yep. Some, something catchy, something fun. And it, and it just cements them as heroes because they're yeah. saving people. Yes. 2617 is exactly what I wrote down. As Great. Well. Perfect. So, and I also said, and the dad mystery deepens mm, yeah. because they realize after they say this, um, and they said it to the, to the sister, right? The saving people, hunting things, family. No, 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 it no. it's just to them, to each other. Dean, Dean says it to Sam. Sam. Like, this is why we have to, because Sam wanted to just stop once they figured out it was a Wendigo. He's like, dad's not here. We have to go. You know, this isn't taking us to dad. And that's when Sam said, but we have to help these people mm-hmm. because we save people, we hunt things. It's a family business. Yes. But then the mystery of dad deepens, like, where is he? If dad isn't here hunting this thing yeah. and he's not at the coordinates that was left uh-huh. in the journal, where is he? Right. Why isn't he there? I also noted this kind of feels like a chick flick moment <laughs> between these two brothers. <laughs> yeah. But it's also another reason why I had a hard time seeing Sam as the younger brother because he mm. was really in charge here. He was the one figuring things out. He was the gung ho. Um, he was being kind of a, a shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy, even yeah. though not really shooting, but he was, he was being kind of macho, more macho than like Dean. Dean was still kind of, you know, laid back and douchey, but Sam was like motivated and angry and wanted to, you know, meet his own needs, you know, go find dad. Yeah. Yeah. But I also felt like here, Dan, Dan, Dean. (laughs) Oh my God. brother. Yeah. Um, I also felt here like Dean did kind of turn into older brother a little bit. He's just like, listen, I know you're angry and I know you want to find dad. So do I. But mm-hmm. I think that there's something else he wants us to do here. And we're already here. So let's, you let's, know, he was trying to calm Sam down, I think, because right. Sam was so angry, you know, because his girlfriend had just died. I would be angry too. You know, I would not know what to do. I would just be so full of rage and be like, I need answers. I yeah. need revenge. I need closure. Yes. After after that moment when they decide to keep looking for uh, this, the brother, uh, the missing, the missing brother who's been taken by the Wendigo. Um, I, there's a lot of running and screaming in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, they're being chased by the Wendigo. And I said, why I could never be on this show. A couple of reasons. <laughs> one, I'd be falling down a lot. <laughs> so I would be the one they'd have to pick up and, you know, come on, come on. I'd be saying, no, leave me because I would be tripping and falling um, or I'd be the actress who was like always looking down to make sure I didn't trip and fall over right. something. So you wouldn't be able to use me for that. And thirdly, I can't scream. I, <laughs> when I'm scared, I don't scream. I don't know how girls see something and go, ah, and scream. <laughs> I make noises. I make weird guttural, uh, noise. I, the only way I can describe it is noises. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I can never be like the girl screaming in the woods because I would just be like, mm. I mean, I make, I make, you've heard me. Like we, when we did the scary theme park, you yeah. know, <laughs> corn maze. And I was like, I'm not going to be scared because I can see where they're going to jump out at me. And then when they did jump out at me, mm-hmm. I literally like tore my pants off trying to get away from yes. 
<laughs> and did I scream? No, I'm sure I made weird googly noises. Right. You know, great googly moogly. And yeah, so this is why I could never be on Supernatural. Oh, yeah. I curse when I'm scared, so I don't <laughs> think they could use me either. <laughs> Take 27. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a funny moment for me. Mm. Um, after the running and the screaming, they they chase down the the Wendigo um, at like an abandoned mine shaft or something, some sort of, um, and they're standing outside of it. And the signs out front say, warning, danger, do not enter. <laughs> I was like, could they have not, you know, foreshadowed any bigger, <laughs> you know, it's that same, like, you know, the monsters in the closet. So you're in the movie theater saying, don't open the door, don't open the door. Yeah. And then they go and open the door. I mean, yeah. literally the sign says, do not enter. And they're like, I, know. Oh, I guess we got to go in. Mm -hmm. I have written down, what do you mean shrug? And then just go in <laughs> because they do, they just look at each other and do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll just go in here. We got to go. You know, we saw the M&Ms. Oh, that was the other thing. Oh, the oh. M&Ms, yeah. Oh, that's right, because Dean gets snatched by the Wendigo. Yes. So, uh, snatched by the Wendigo, as does the, the sister, right? Uh -huh. Is it the sister? Somebody. The... Yeah, yes, it's the sister yes, and yes. Dean get, get snatched by the Wendigo. Um, but Dean is in the has the state of mind to drop M&Ms as a trail, uh -huh. you know, as breadcrumbs. I was like, what? What? <laughs> this is a this is a creature that moves, you know, faster than light. Not faster Ugh. than light, but you know, super fast. It's vicious. It tears people apart. Yeah. But Dean's like, I'm going to drop some. Mm, right. That kind of that irked me a little bit. <laughs> and the little brother, by the way, totally creeped me out the entire time. I kept expecting him to be some sort of evil assassin or something. Yeah, he had an awkward presence about him. Yeah. I yeah. also wanted to mention while they're talking about like how crazy good a hunter this wendigo is oh right i wrote down that this wendigo thing is really powerful and i'd argue more so than many of like their evil bosses you know that they fight later on like the mm -hmm. the main villain of the season or whatever oh sure sure like this thing is really really powerful like hard to find hard to catch and can find you and catch you in right in a heartbeat without anybody really knowing and has animal strength like brute animal yes. strength yes so th that was just interesting is like this mm. mm, one-off creature i don't think he shows up again except in like just mention in, just in name yeah 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 because he grabbed two i mean it grabbed all three of the boys in the beginning yeah and dropped them off and then it grabbed um the the ranger guy who was supposed to be helping find the brother yeah uh, and then grabs both Dean and the girl at the same time and drags them off with no, apparently no problems. Right. Well, I wonder if that harkens back to, you know, eating the flesh of your enemies gives you strength. Even yeah, if maybe. it's a, an evil, you know, malfeasance, not mm -hmm. malfeasance, that's not the right word. I have all these great words in my head, but they're stuck there. They're not oh, making it's because we haven't talk to people in months i don't oh. know how to use words anymore it's crazy <laughs> like, it's really it, hard <laughs> this this has been such an eye-opening experience oh, god i was editing this and i'm like how many times do i say um or so or just not well, speak You're just do you hear blank. me sniffing <laughs> oh my gosh oh that was another thing i wanted to mention that was the supernatural twist to the wendigo was the fact that he hunts only 
every what 20 years or whatever it was yeah, 23 or 27 some odd numbered years yeah, yeah and that they like store or they um ration out they, their prey throughout that yeah. time which yeah. is kind of the exact opposite of the nature of the original myth is that he's so gluttonous and greedy and he just wants to eat and eat and eat and eat and a couple of them mentioned that you know once it eats its first meal then it grows in proportion to the meal that it just ate so oh. then it's just always hungry you know it can never feel it never feel because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger yes so they put the twist on this you know to leave some survivors around i think because otherwise yeah. n- no one would survive right the entire no yeah the entire population would be gone and there would yeah. just be this, you know yeah no one would go camping. The hut. Mm-hmm. yeah they're just- <laughs> 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 the size of this bear yeah, yeah. Warning, danger, do not enter. I guess we'll go in. Yep. Oh my gosh. More running, mm-hmm. more screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they crash into a pile of skulls, or the little brother does, I think. And he's right. like, oh my God. And then Sammy's just like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, but a giant pile of skulls is does not equal, oh, it's okay. Well, they're Don't already worry. dead. So it's okay. He's, he's, he's full. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, your brother isn't part of that pile, your brother and your sister. That was a moment that made me think of Indiana Jones, though. Well, there's always... There is always a moment, but just, you know, the several, the few scenes that, like, Indiana Jones goes into a crypt and there's, like, bones piling over him or, you know... And very casual about using the bones for something like a torch. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Here, just use this bone and wrap it in, you know, this shroud of Turin and set it on fire. Don't worry. Not human yeah. bones that you're holding. Yeah, it was a, it was a touch of this. Very casual with the with the handling of the dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, uh, the, <laughs> unfortunately, I tend to uh, make notes when it's funny. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> just, so D, once they cut Dean down and they cut the sister down, and now they're trying to figure out how do we because we can't run from this thing. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make it out alive if we just try to run from this thing. We have to kill it. Bullets don't kill it. Chopping its head off doesn't kill it. What kills it? A flare gun. Of course. Of course. You know, and they just happen to have mm-hmm. a flare gun. Now they have one flare gun, and uh, Dean apparently makes like a Molotov cocktail. Did you notice that? Yes. He said, like, we got to torch the sucker. Yes. Right. And he's got it in his hand. Yes. Yes. And there's, okay, a couple of funny moments here. Dean goes, Dean decides to, quote, sacrifice himself, like to be the bait, you mm-hmm. know, lead the Wendigo off in one direction so the rest of the group, the Scoobies, can uh, uh, escape out the mm-hmm. back. So Dean goes running off down these mine tunnels, yelling all sorts of stupid macho guy things. And the worst thing he said was, you like white meat, bitch? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. It just, re- it just... Re- <laughs> of friends an episode where the boys chandler ross and joey are watching die hard uh-huh. and uh they said you know at the end of the end of the movie they're like you know quick let's watch something different before joey starts calling everybody bitch no. <laughs> and then joey's like what are you talking about bitch and that's yeah. all i could hear was joey's voice when dean's like you like white meat bitch i was like why why that's do you guys have, like Oh, it was just, it was bad. It was just a, <laughs> it, was just, it just cracked me up. Yeah. A little bit of bad writing right there. Yeah. But. Yeah. 
and then you know dean goes running off and sam is like uh i don't know why does sam go after dean at one point um i i don't remember uh he ends up coming face to face with the wendigo um by mistake and he tries to shoot the wendigo and he misses because the wendigo kind of snuck up on him yeah and uh, and he misses and as he's running away he stumbles across dean's broken molotov cocktail and he picks it up and it's one of those oh no if dean doesn't have his molotov cocktail you know what what happened to him but when sam picks it up i swear to god it looked like a used condom (laughs) (laughs) and i was like that's an odd thing to stop and pick up when you're running for your life from a wendigo oh my god (laughs) i did not (laughs) Like I said, the things I note, unfortunately, aren't always like in the interest. Uh, I did not make that connection even oh, one I'm little so sorry. bit. I totally was like, why would he stop and pick that up? I think what I was looking at was I was actually looking at how creepy that this creature actually was because you couldn't see his face. And mm-hmm. I think that was probably a budget thing because he was obviously more CGI than um, what the previous monster was which is just a ghost sometimes phasing in and out of a skeleton yeah yeah but here it was just like an actual creature looked like a really long stretched out golem from lord of the rings a little bit but you couldn't quite tell because his face was in the shadows and that was really scary to me that you couldn't quite see what he was yeah it's like all you had was the image from the drawings in the journal of what they thought it was and that just looked like you know you know, pencil stick man, yeah, but scary pencil stick man. Uh-huh. And then when you see it, like corporeal, mm. <laughs> <laughs> once you see his body, you're like, oh, because it's tall, it's skinny, it's mm-hmm. uh, creepy. Yeah, and like yeah, the whole stretched out golem. That's a really good description of it. Thanks. Who kills it? It's Dean, right? It is Dean. Okay, I could honestly. I remember him shooting the flare gun. Yep. And then that was that. Yep. And then and it sets him on fire and he burns up and he dies. Hooray. Hooray. I'm a little it's a little weird that they didn't even look for the other kids just in case they were alive. You know, they found the brother and they were said, Great, job done. Mission accomplished, but they didn't even look to see if the other two had survived. Well, maybe I'm thinking since the brother did witness one of his friends at least get eaten in front yeah, of him. Maybe he maybe he, he told he, them. He's like, like, yeah, like, I'm the only one. Yeah. Off camera. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the shot of the microphones. Um but yeah, but then they had to make up a story when the when they you know, when everyone's back at the mm-hmm. um the lodge and stuff, they have to make up a story for the police that it was a bear or something. Yeah. Big bear, the biggest bear I've ever seen. And then Dean still is a douchebag. Yes. Yes. He had an opportunity he had an opportunity to to snuggle with the girl uh in a good way. Mm-hmm. And he douched out and she's like, God, why did you have to Yeah. Why'd you have to stomp on our moment? Yep. I'm glad that she just smooched him on the cheek and not like full on make yes. out. Yeah. No, she it was more of a brother, sister, you know yeah moment which which i like because she also does go off aren't not arm and arm but like uh 
she and her brother go off supporting themselves like yeah. they go and climb into the ambulance but they're helping each other you know right. they're supporting each other it's right nice it kind of redeemed the the little brother in my eyes because i was like oh that little brother just creeped me out <laughs> <laughs> so another another funny wait looking oh no we already talked about that okay um as like one of the walkaway like throwaway walkway lines dean said i hate camping after the whole experience i was like at what point were you camping you were running and screaming and shooting things in the woods there was not a single camping moment in fact nobody except for the brothers i mean except for the 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 brother the uh, older brother the older brother in the very beginning that was camping nobody Mm. else in that episode Yeah, no one was camping so i was like what i hate camping well okay (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should define what camping is. <laughs> right. Um, mm. I want to give another shout out to the props guys. Um, oh. Because their plate, their license plate on the car is mostly actually a Kansas license plate. So I think every state, and I know Kansas at least, would kind of change out their license plates every now and then. You know, oh, like you mean the, like the, the design or the artwork, you know, on the sure. license plate? Yeah, and the color sometimes they'll switch yes. them out. Yeah. And that one is an actual artwork that Kansas used. And I believe it was at the time in 2005-ish. I will go back and look and confirm for our next episode. Okay. Um, but I don't believe the sequence of letters and numbers mm-hmm. are the correct kinds of sequence that Kansas used. Because oh, every like whether it's like letter, number, letter, and exactly. then number type of thing? Yes, yes. Which I assume is something kind of like how every phone number on media is five 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 right right i thought they did um i think they did a a shout out like uh some of the letters stand for kansas like it's a k-a-z and i can't remember what the number was yeah i just i thought that was like a little shout out to actual kansas maybe um yeah interesting i always look at license plates to be like is it trying to tell us something Mm, yeah you know it's every show and that's just ridiculous i'm like what's it saying yeah who's it talking to but i thought it was a nice touch that oh they actually got a real yeah no that is nice it didn't just yeah i assume they went to the like kansas department of transportation and ordered like a customized one you know with those numbers Mm -hmm. and letters and stuff but that is cool yeah it's like is- I've had that on my car, I think. <laughs> that plate. That is very cool. And that was my last note of this episode. My um my final note is how does Sam get the swagger to get the keys from Dean to drive the Impala? He's like, well, he's like, I'm gonna drive now. And Dean throws him the keys. Suddenly, you know, since Sam Sam, I mean, while he didn't actually kill the Wendigo, he did like save the uh, the the family. You know, mm-hmm. when he put his body between you know the Wendigo and you know the family, so he did save them. He did protect them, and so now he's got like the swagger, and you know says, "Well, I'm going to drive." Which, as much as we know about Dean now, we didn't know this watching it then, but you know again just like joey joey doesn't share food it's like dean doesn't let anybody drive the car um so i just thought that was interesting that sam decides to like be all macho to dean you know i mean dean lets him you know gives him the keys and lets him drive well this was a callback from earlier in the episode because sam it was like after sam woke up from his nightmare that scared oh, us like do you want to drive yeah it's just like hey do you do you want to drive and sam was like wait a minute you never let people drive what are you being so nice for 
Got it. So this was a callback, I think, to, you know what? I think I will drive now. Okay, see, I'm so glad I had this conversation with you. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that. And right. I was I was literally thinking about every episode after. Oh, after yeah. Where, where Dean doesn't let anybody drive, you know, yeah. except under pure duress. But I'm going to say, oh, this is terrible of me. I hate to say this. I don't want to end the episode on this. But as they're driving away, and it's just, it's just stock footage of the Impala driving. Mm-hmm. Sam is clearly in the passenger seat. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't look. <laughs> it, and it's the hair. Yeah. It's the, it's the shadow of the hair. Yeah. And I was like, oh. oh that's funny. I was like, that's totally Sam in mm-hmm. the passenger seat. Too funny. Yeah. That's just me being. <laughs> Observant. Yes. Maybe overly. No, not at all. But I mean, it's just his shadow, you know. Yeah. If, you can see but i was like <laughs> not dean, <laughs> not dean. Not dean. <laughs> that's funny and i uh, remember when i was talking about the um the locks on the doors of the car locks how they're like yes super they're long, long. pokey yeah um they do change them out later okay. i don't know at what point but i did notice that in later episodes they're the they're the they're still like they look more like a golf tee you know with the round oh, flat yeah, top yeah yeah so at least it's not like a needle that you could <laughs> you know, skewer your arm on. But right, I did try and look this time uh, for the locks, but then I just got distracted by by the actual <laughs> the episode. Other things, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, when dissecting each <laughs> each frame, Valerie found that the dust was not the same. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, thanks for tuning in this week. Um, guys. We will see you next week for Dead in the Water. Dead in the Water sounds spooky. It is spooky. All right, thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.